Hey everyone, welcome back to Staying Connected, a show where I talk to other people who have vascular Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. I'm Katie, your host, and today I have Chris with me. Hey, Chris. Hey, how's it going, Katie? Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thanks for calling. I know that we've been messaging back and forth for a little while, and it's been really cool talking to you. I appreciate you doing the show. Oh, most definitely. Glad to share my story. <laughs> so, how old are you, first off? I'm 46. I'm stretching that life expectancy. I love it. So, how are you diagnosed with vascular Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome? In 1995, my, our father, my sister Tara, and I both are have VEDS. My dad passed away from complications in surgery because he pulled something in his back and they couldn't stop the bleeding. And when he died, they did a biopsy and all that good stuff and found out that he had vascular Ehlers-Danlos. And ever since then, that was in uh, June, or I'm sorry, July 22, 1995. And ever since then, we, my sister and I are splitting innings of our father. Mm-hmm. And we knew, you know, after his diagnosis, we knew what we had. So then that's how we were diagnosed. I was 22 when he passed. How did that feel when you were diagnosed at 22? Uh, you know, growing up, you know, we all knew, I knew anyways, that I had to, you know, I, I had to slow down. I, I, did, I couldn't be like the other kids, you know, but. You know, I used to play sports. I used to lift weights in my early 20s. I, I slowed that down. Mm-hmm. You know, you just you just had to learn to back back off what you normally would do, you know, physical stuff. It's tough, though. Yeah. And you said your sister, Tara, also has this? Yes, she she's younger. She's, uh, I believe she just turned uh, 42. That's and awesome. she, she went and she actually got diagnosed herself. She got tested and... I'm not sure what mutations and stuff she has, but she she got the the positive for VEDS and her daughter and now her granddaughter also. Aww. Yeah, it's it it's sadly it's like the force it runs strong in our family, but <laughs> you know you have to make light of what you can, you know. Mhm, for sure. So, what kind of stuff have you been through? Well, you know, I'm not going to go over a little, like I said, bumps and bruises, but the major stuff, I've had two major knee surgeries. Uh, I've had uh, veins in my arm. All I did was cough one morning getting ready for work. I coughed, and my arm, my forearm started swelling up like crazy, and I didn't think it was going to stop. It was so swelled up, you couldn't pinch it. You couldn't pinch skin. And I found out I ruptured a vein in my, my right arm, then while going to the hospital then i found out i was diabetic diabetic which makes it 10 times worse when you have veds too so uh let's see in 2003 i uh ruptured a vein they called it a fistula in the back uh, back behind my right eye mm-hmm. i could hear pulse in my in my head i could really hear it and i had a real bad headache i thought it was an aneurysm but it turned out to be they called it a fistula. Mm-hmm. I was in Grand Rapids, Michigan, at one of the hospitals. They couldn't treat me, so they basically said to me, the doctor came in and said, Chris, you're in a situation where you probably won't survive. And How old were you then? My, uh, let's see, that was 2003, so I was like 
I think 29, 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 29, 30, right around in there. And they had to fly me to Cleveland Clinic, which is a huge hospital, and one of those little puddle jumper planes. And I was in a surgery for like five hours where they went in through my leg, up into my brain to seal with little coils the vein that area where it was leaking because they said I had a leaky vein uh let's see that's terrifying well it was very very much because especially when you have a doctor walk in say to you Chris you're in a situation where you probably won't survive (laughs) that that was a little much you know I've had one night I was sitting playing poker in a poker tournament and just sitting there doing absolutely nothing I don't know if my stress level was high or what I had a, a vein in my stomach rupture. I, I had internal bleeding. And, of course, I didn't go till like, the next day to the hospital. And they said, oh, you need all these tests. And they were freaking out. I thought I was in trouble there, you know. Mm-hmm. There's just so many that you just don't know. Uh, let's see here. I had, um, In 2010, I had a uh, TIA. I was work. I worked... Uh, for a gas station I was managing and I was driving and I was walking to get to my car after making one stop and I I started mumbling my words and I didn't quite understand what was going on. I continued driving. I still had all movement and whatnot until I got to the bank, walked into the bank, and then that's when I almost fell. I held myself up at the counter and they called the ambulance and I found out I had a TIA. Which is Which like a mini-stroke, right? Yep, mini-stroke, yes, TIA. And But within hours, everything came back, and I did all their little motor functions, and they're remembering things and talking and everything, and everything came back. And I didn't start having real issues until six months later. I noticed my speech and, speech and my memory, just certain things. There was a little bit of weakness in my left side, but nothing real major. Mm-hmm. But it took a while before the symptoms really started kicking in. Wow. And then the the big one came just five years ago, 2014. I had... I was sitting too long. I've learned I can't sit too long. and just must have been the way I was sitting at my desk. And that night... I got a real bad cramp in my hamstrings, like it tore my hamstrings, literally. It got so bad, I couldn't walk. I went to the hospital. Of course, they put me on uh, ibuprofen 800s or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Well, over the week that I was taking those pills, I wasn't drinking enough water and created a, a constipation, which always drink your water, veds people, because you need to stay <laughs> You don't want to have a blockage, and I wound up getting a blockage, and and with the blockage, it ruptured my colon. Wow. And I wound up having to have emergency um, a colectomy where they chop, you know, they give me an ostomy bag now, so I've got that. That was scary because St. The same doctor, I hate to get off topic, but the same doctor that worked on me worked on my father when my father died on the table. Wow. And he would, this doctor was so worried that he, he thought he was going to lose the father and the son. 
because he basically, you know, he gave my mom and my family standing there. He says, I don't know. I'm not sure how well this is going to go, you know. Yeah. I was told 5%, but you never know, you know, a 5% chance of pulling through the surgery. And it was hours and hours, of course. So with an ostomy bag, they're basically, do they just, like, cut out a part of your intestines and put it back there? Yeah, what they what they do is they cut the parts that went bad inside, and then they they look to see what they can pull. They basically cut a hole in the side, like it's on probably my left side, I'll say. Mm-hmm. They cut a hole in the outer part of your of your skin, and then they move the I'll call it like a tube, and then they pull it up through there, and then patch it up in there. So it's like you it's almost like you got an anus coming out the side of your stomach, you know, the, oh. the lady, the one girl on, uh, on YouTube, she calls it a front butt. <laughs> and she, she's got, she, she has a good website. I, I look at some of the stuff that she does, but yeah, it, it's like they, they, it's like taking a hose through the inside of you and pulling it, poking it out through the outside of your skin. And that's how the poop, then you can, put the little patch on there in the bag that holds on to the patch and then yeah it's 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 tough but so I survived that while I'm in the hospital for two weeks that was on December 7 2014 mm-hmm. on December 21st 2014 the, they tell me you're gonna go home tomorrow I'm so happy well I wake up that Sunday morning, I was going to go home on mo- the next Monday. All of a sudden, one of those uh, automatic BP cuffs is on my left hand, which is my stroke side, so that could have made played part in it. But it ruptured and caused it ruptured a vein or something in my arm that caused compartment syndrome, where your blood starts filling up into different areas where it's not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I, it was burning, painful. And I lost use of my 90% of my hand and all the nerves from, like, my elbow to my tips of my fingers. I don't feel a whole lot. I can. It feels like pins and needles if I try to touch it. That's what it feels like. Oh, wow. From the automatic blood and, pressure cuff? Yes. So now, ever since that happened, every time I have to get my blood pressure, I tell them they only can go so far, and it has to be a, a, a manual. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing they can people. do to fix that? Well, after uh, Holland, of course, the same hospital they told me they couldn't touch me before, sent me to another hospital in Grand Rapids again. They tried to fix my arm. They did a very poor job. <clears throat> um, they didn't know what they were getting into. They, you know, none of A lot of these doctors around here don't know vets. That's the sad part. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it is what other place, but so after Grand Rapids gets done with me, they they get it fixed, but not totally. They couldn't bring any of the movement back or anything like that. So I was just, I knew life was going to be tough, especially with an ostomy bag, trying to just deal with stuff with one hand. That's not the easiest. I got a little bit of use out of my left, but not just enough to, to kind of work with it. Mm-hmm. And... So after Grand Rapids, they they said I'm good. They send me home. 
you know, all of a sudden, weeks later, the stitches where they have on the back of my arm where they did the surgery start pulling away. And I have a picture on my Facebook. I don't know if you have seen it. I'll, I'll tag you in it okay. to show you what it looked like when the stitches came. It was so black and gross and everything. Well, laying in bed one, one night, middle of the night, all of a sudden I felt warm just running down my arm. It broke, the, the open wound broke loose and blood everywhere. Oh my gosh. I'm like, are you kidding me? What is this? So we, I had to try to stop the bleeding and made my own tourniquet with my arm, called my sister and her husband who live only a few miles away, luckily. Mm-hmm. Sister, not Tara. I have two sisters. But my <laughs> sister Tanya helped me out with that. But three weeks in a row... After after I going to the hospital, coming home, the blood blood was still happening. Finally, Holland Hospital, which is right down the road for me, decides we're going to send you to the U of M, Michigan University of Michigan. Uh-huh. They they were wonderful. They've got great vascular surgeons. So if that ever becomes an option, I recommend it. They cleaned up all the mess of my arm, and it's been better. They 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 told me they can't fix it. The damage is done with everything else, but they they fixed at least what they could. So at least that part, the bleeding doesn't hasn't bled. You know, the stitches it's all healed up. The scar is there. I can use my arm. You know, for the most part, I just can't use my hand because with all the immobile stuff that with my hand, I've got real bad arthritis and it started to curl up. You know how some people, when they have a stroke real bad, their arm just kind of curls up and dies? Yeah. Basically, that's what my fingers are doing with a bunch of, you know, with arthritis, a lot, a real bad arthritis. Wow. So that was, that was all. You know, that was the major stuff, you know, but I've had uh, vein bleeds, you know, just just the normal stuff with vasculars that you have to expect. You just you just have to, you know, you have to change your life to lifestyle, you know. Yeah. What have you done as like as far as changing your lifestyle? Well, like I said, when I was in my early 20s, I stopped lift. I used to lift weights religiously, you know, not like a big gym rat or nothing like that, but I would at least stay toned, but I stopped doing that because I didn't want to pull any muscles in my back like my dad did. He was working on a car, and he was working on a, a drive shaft in a car, and that's how he pulled something in his back and hurt, tore something they don't know. But I stopped lifting weights and just doing stuff like that. You know, it just eating better trying to eat better because after all i went through you know especially now with the with the colostomy bag i try to eat i don't eat a lot of red meats i try to avoid that if i eat chicken sometime turkey you know but i i I try not to eat a lot of meats because they don't digest real well but you just change your lifestyle the best you can with what you what you know you know Mm -hmm. you know everybody you know Everybody wants me to stop mowing my lawn, you know, but I, there's certain things I still want to be able to do. If I can't do them myself, I'm, I feel like I'm a lot less of a person, you know? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's kind of, it's a balance between like risk management and quality of life. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you probably, you, you pretty much with your own body, you can, you know, your limits a lot of times, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I've learned, you know, raking outside, raking up the leaves and whatnot. I used to try to get it all done right in one shot. No, it's going to be a two or three day process nowadays. <laughs> and it takes three times as many days to rest as it does to work. So I've learned that. Is that because all your muscles get sore? Oh, big time. You know, I can, I've learned I can't be in the sun too much. If, if I get a sunburn, it makes my muscles weak wherever, got, wherever the burn is. I've pulled my back out a couple different times from muscles because of a sunburn, my arm, it makes them weak. Oh, that's interesting. I yeah, you want to be able to... <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what happens, but, you know, I, if anything's real tight and you already feel it tight, it usually means that something's going to go, so you better get it, you know, worked out a little bit. You know, I think that's what happened with my back. I just pulled my back out, as you know, two about two weeks ago, and little week, week ago or so, but I felt it coming, but I didn't know what exactly, and all I did was stretch, and it popped. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember seeing that post, and I was like, oh, Chris, <laughs> it's like, well, I, sucks. <laughs> I, I was taking a nap when it happened, I, I stretched when I got out of bed, and all of a sudden, ooh, that, it's crazy, but once you have a back problem, you're, you pretty much always have a back problem, that's, that's not good. Yeah. Wow. So you, you've been through a lot. Medically, yes, for sure. Most definitely. So how have you I handled mean, this, like, emotionally? Through the way I look at it, you know, I, I, I have depression, but I, I myself would never do anything to hurt myself because I love my family and I know how, how close I am with everybody and I'd, I'd hurt them. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's the only thing. But that 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 keeps it going. My my dog, rest his soul. After two years ago, I had to have him put it down. He was he was my rock. He was he was there for me. He was one that really kept my my days going. And but after he I had him put down, I just I wanted to get another pet. But I just physically I don't think I can handle the up and downs and inside outside. You know. Mm -hmm. But. You just, you have to, there's nothing you can do. You've got veg, you've got veg. You know, the, you, you can't change it. The only thing you can change is the variable around it, you know. Mm -hmm. That's that's all you can do because you could sneeze for crying out loud and stuff happens. You know, I think I, I heard that you, didn't you sneeze or something and something bad happened? <laughs> that was my last mini stroke. I sneezed really hard three times and then I had a mini stroke. <laughs> Nope, because I, you know, the stroke, I guess it could be, you know, I was diabetic, so I didn't know that. I guess that could have been part of it. We have, you know, our veins are thinner, so they're they're more constrictive, but I was driving. Can you imagine? Luckily, I didn't lose complete, you know. Yeah. I didn't lose control. I just kind of jumbled, and I knew something was happening because I started talking funny, but... Like I said, with my arm, I coughed. Yeah. You know, I coughed, and my arm started swelling up. I was playing poker, just sitting at a table, doing absolutely nothing, when something, it felt like somebody stabbed me in my stomach, and that's when I had the stomach vein bleed. What did they do for that one? Well, when I went to the hospital, of course, I went to my doctor first, and he said, you got to get to the hospital right away. 
so he, he said, do you want me to, do you want me to fly you there? I said, no, we'll drive. <laughs> now, now this is what I'm, I'm so used to my body. I made my mom stop at my house on the way to the hospital so I could pack a bag because I knew it was going to be an extended stay. <laughs> you know, and you, you, I've gotten to the point where I, I know my body. I know what's real bad and what's bad, mm-hmm. you know, and I said, I said, so I said, pack, we'll pack a bag. We went to the hospital. Of course, by the time we get to the hospital, they claimed that it, it stopped itself. That the, what I was feeling was the dried blood that was already in there that was drying up, and it was bothering my system inside. Wow. It was rubbing again. But they said it will dissolve over time. But it eventually, it, it, you know, it, they said it healed by itself. So they didn't do any surgery. It was just rest. It's like, yeah, right, rest. I'm a, I'm a manager at a gas station. There's no rest for that. <laughs> wow. You know, it can just you can do you can do as much as you want. You know, and I recommend trying to change your lifestyle. But with Veds, you know, and everybody's gonna be mad. Everybody around here gets mad at me anyway. I say Veds. What doesn't kill you eventually will. Now, you could be old or you could be young. It depends on how you want to, to, to run your life. I think that's why the expectancy for is like late 40s mm-hmm. for men. Because men are stupid and they think that we can still do stuff <laughs> that we did when we were younger, you know? You you can't you know I don't know how much you want to use of this but I can't you know, agree I'm with you because I'm like I don't want to say that men are stupid. Yeah, you know it just, I know what you mean though. I mean it, it's hard to give up things that you've always done. We're hard headed because you know my mom I I do all my shopping by myself you know it and my mom and my family are like well, let us do that it's like I want to still be able to do certain things myself I'm really hard headed about that. <laughs> but it, it's harder, you know, because a, a little hour trip to Meyer Thrifty Acres over here, that's our, our grocery store chain, an hour walking around the store, that's my day. When I get home, I'm done, <laughs> you know. <laughs> when, you, when you start feeling that, you know. Yeah. But, no, and... When I seen that you turned 30, that's that's when a lot of my heavy stuff started happening. So I want you to make sure you take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I try my best yeah. to take care of myself. I push the limits yeah. a little bit, I think. But it's hard for me because I don't... There's not a lot of um, like actual study evidence on a lot of this. And so it's all anecdotal. Yeah, you know, it's, it's all by experience, you know, all yeah. firsthand by... You, listening to what everybody else has gone through, you know, and you just have to, like I said, you know your limits, change your lifestyle to the best. You know, I've learned to drink a lot of water. I wish I would have known, you know, because growing up in my, you know, teens, early 20s, it was Mountain Dews and Nintendos all night, weekends, you know. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you got you to balance that out with the good stuff, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it just there's just so much, and that 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 would be what I would stress to everybody: is just know your limits, and make lifestyle changes as best you can. Yep. So, besides your family, have you met anybody else with vets? 
No, we have a, a local family that I guess they do fundraising stuff called the Wasics, and I think that's how you pronounce their name, but I've never actually met anybody other than my family with VEDS. My, my personal doctor, he's been working, he's learning more, which I'm grateful he's understanding more. He, he was just at a benefit last summer at the University of Michigan doing a golf thing with with the doctor who his family is the Wasik people that have dealt with it. Mm-hmm. And they, they allow their young men between the ages of 29 and 41. And But, yeah, no, I've not personally met anyone. I've never been to a conference and whatnot. And, and now I just don't like to travel now with this bag, too, because the bag, the bag is very finicky, you know, it decides to poop when it wants to, and you don't know how much, you know, I hate to read what, but you just don't know. I have, you know, I've had so many, my first couple of years of having the bag at night, I had a lot of accidents where I'd either roll over the wrong way or it'd fill up during the night and it'd start leaking everywhere. Not a good thing when you bed, you know, yeah. not a good thing. So you learn when to stop eating during the day. You drink water just before bed to help with digestion. But I also have my alarms on my phone set three different times every hour and 45 minutes so I can wake up and check the bag to see how much is in there. And if there's some in there, then I know that I can maybe sleep the rest of the night after I empty it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not fun, but... You know, it's just lifestyle, getting used to it, you know. I've learned not to move. I used to used to roll left and right and everything else. Now I I had, when I had the surgeries, I had two uh, drains and eat one in each side of my 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 uh, stomachs mm-hmm. that I had to, to not roll over on those. So I just learned to not roll, roll over too much when I'm sleeping. I lay pretty still. Wow, that's got to be hard. I toss and turn a lot. Uh, I used to be that way, you know, and it's, I never since that surgery, I I just learned to use like maybe 18 inches of my bed, and that's about it. <laughs> my dog used to love it because he had the whole big king size king size bed to himself. But yeah, how um, is that ostomy bag going to be permanent? Are they ever anticipating it, reversing it? Yeah. It's, they could reverse it, but being that I'm a, I'm a veg person, the risk is not is is the risk is too much compared to what the reward would be. Mm-hmm. You know, it could happen again. That's the problem. Everything's so weak in there, and it would be not good. And also, as you probably seen the one picture I showed you, I developed a hernia because of the the colostomy surgery. They told me it would happen. But being that I'm a veg, I now have the what size of a cantaloupe hernia in my stomach that's, you know, it's ripped so much that every time I either drink a cup of coffee or anything or eat anything, I got like a cantaloupe size hematoma that pops out. That yeah, that, my jaw I've, dropped when I saw that picture. And I went to the uh, University of Michigan, and when they told me that basically the same thing again, risk-reward, if it's not painful, I wear like a, 
I, I, I call it a girdle, but it's a harness that you, that you can cut a piece out to make sure that your bag sticks out. Mm-hmm. But it's called a harness. And I, I wear that to kind of keep it keep it pushed in when I have to walk a lot and whatnot. Yeah. But it's just crazy. You know, it's another thing that vets, you know, can complicate things, you know. Wow. Yeah, there's just so much. And, you know, we all have our stories, you know. That's crazy. I'm just soaking that up. Yeah. I, I don't want to scare you because I know you're just a young one yet, you know. But, yeah. No, I know but you, you're, there's complications coming my way, I'm sure, in the future. Well, my sister who, like I said, Tara, who has it, is 41. I don't remember how many years ago it was, but she decided that she was going to be young and dumb and jump on a trampoline. Well, you know what's coming. She totally blasted her knee, Mm -hmm. broke her leg, you know, and of course she yelled at me because I said, you know better than that. I don't need to hear that, you know. (laughs) I said, I know, I know, but you know better. You've seen the crap that's happened to your brother. Why would you go through that? (laughs) <laughs> but yeah no it just you like i said you, we learn we learn where our limits yeah yeah well thank you so much but, for reaching out to me oh no problem i, I as soon as i seen that i was like hey let's let's definitely talk with katie and you know because i've been in some groups been in and out and I don't know. It, sometimes it's very disheartening to see, you know, you don't need the daily reminders. You get them enough uh, when you look in the mirror, you know, mm-hmm. and you feel bad for people. And But, you know, if, if my stories can help and my, you know, my advice, please use it, you know. Because yeah. beds, beds, there's no cure, you know. We have to. We have to, like, stop reproducing. I hate to say it, you know, because I'd rather not take the chance. That's why I never really broke up a lot of relationships because I don't want to have kids. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take that chance, even if it's a 50-50 chance. I don't want my child to go through what I did, you know? Yeah. But, you know, we just have to just watch what we're doing. Well, I really, I really do appreciate it, Chris. It's been really great to talk to you. Well, you too. Thank you, Katie. I appreciate you having me on the podcast. Yeah, it's cool that you're a morning person sometimes. So. <laughs> well, I worked for I worked as a manager at a gas station. Work waking up at four thirty in the morning for sixteen, eighteen years. My body still hasn't changed. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> I've been like that my whole life. I was born a yeah, born I've a been... five a.m.er. <laughs> Most definitely. Most definitely. Cool. Well, I'm going to um, continue keeping in touch with you for sure. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm, I'll, as you see, I'm always on Facebook. I try to keep things fresh on there and Twitter. <laughs> Perfect. Well, if anybody wants to reach out, I'm on at Van Tater, at Van underscore Tater, T A T E R. If you ever have any questions about VEDS or anything like that or anything else, I don't want to promote anything. Yeah, get through Katie. She knows where I'm at. She can find me real quick. Perfect. And I'm up here in Michigan, so if anybody else is around in Michigan, that'd be fun to 
hang out or talk anyway, most definitely. I'm going to have to see if I know anybody in the group that's in Michigan, and I might be sending somebody your way eventually. Yeah, I'm sure Tara, Tara keeps track with everybody, so I'm sure if I asked, she could probably tell me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because you probably uh, you've probably bumped into Tara a couple different times on the in the group. You know, seen she's maybe posted. I don't know how often she posts anymore, but yeah. I know when I was having problems, she was posting quite a bit. Yeah, I think I have seen her post, but I don't know if I've talked to her directly. I have to go back and check. But you you remind me of her daughter. Oh my goodness! And her daughter does have beds. <laughs> yep. But you're you're not that much, you know. You're you're not that much older than your daughter, maybe eight years or whatever. But mm-hmm. the old guy of the group, <laughs> forty six. <laughs> That's awesome, uh, though. Like, really, yep, it's great I, to hear I keep somebody saying, in their forties. You know. Yep. My dad, when he died, he was forty one, and so I'm pushing that envelope, pushing that envelope. <laughs> well, keep pushing. Yes, trying to, trying to. But <laughs> Thanks, Chris. That's great. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, this was Chris telling his story with vascular Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. I have a new episode of Staying Connected coming out every month on the last Sunday of the month. If you want to hear more of these podcasts, uh, go check out the website, subscribe, and keep listening. So I will talk to you soon.